You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball Is Life and Dash Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball Is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. Today's episode, today's episode, we're going to be talking about James Harden's return to Houston. So, um, if you are a Rockets fan or if you care about the emotional, sentimental side of how Rockets fans feel about the whole saga, the whole departure, the eight-year run of Harden in Houston, all of that, make sure you tune in to Locked on Rockets, hosted by Jackson Gatlin. I just did a show with Jackson Gatlin, and we dove, <clears throat> we dove extremely deep on all of that. And to that extent, we are continuing with part dough to get into a more substantive basketball analysis after the trade um, and regarding Harden in Houston, if we want to go there. And we got Jackson Gatlin of Locked on Rockets and of Apollo Houston on the show. Jackson, how you doing? Talk to me. What's good? What's up, guys? I'm excited to be here. Always down to talk hoops with uh, intelligent individuals, uh, people not named Alan Hahn for sure. So very, <laughs> very excited, very excited to be here and to chat Rockets hoops with you guys. Man, Alan Hahn, I kind of actually like Alan Hahn. What, what, what do we do this time? Go read his tweets today on James yeah. Harden. Oh. Read his back and forth with Clutch fans and see what I said to him as well. I just want to set the precedent. Did we leave the tears on locked on or where are we at here? Tears? I mean, there were no tears. Okay. Uh, some catharsis, uh, some, some frustrating sentiments, uh, a trip down memory lane maybe, but no tears. You know, we, we've moved well past that. Wow. He's straight up. I thought you meant tears. You're thriving in this black hole in Houston, huh? <laughs> I don't know about thriving. I'd say surviving at best, but oh, I thought you meant T I E R S like levels and tears. I was like, what tears? And Oh, you mean we were crying. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm a just bit. so used to just living in tears in Minnesota. So, you know, it's actually admirable. Cause Zach is a, is a, he's from Minnesota. He's a Wolves fan. And every time I get to complaining about the Rockets, I just, it's like yeah. I'm talking to this guy, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And then you remember, you're like, yeah, I, I got I to gotta tone it back a little bit. Other people have yeah. it worse. It's like, what is your last memory? Like Latrell Sprewell in 04 or something? Like, that's got to be painful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. The one, uh, one night stand with Jimmy Butler. That was great. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Hey, hey it got you all the way to an eight seed in a game five, baby. <laughs> you know what I, you know i i'm suddenly i'm feeling a lot better about where i was you know about 15 minutes ago so uh appreciate that zach that's great so so jackson i just dominated your show so return the favor let's, talk to me let's start with this jackson where are you at post trade 30 plus games later where are we at compared to when the f- trade first happened to where you're at now what's going on 
So, you know, there was a lot of back and forth for me specifically, um, you know, when the trade first happened. And I think for a lot of Rockets fans specifically, that process started when the news first broke that James Harden had demanded a trade. So there was time to process the emotions, to kind of mentally prepare yourself for the inevitable. And some Rockets fans were much more optimistic than others. You know, this idea that maybe you could squeeze out one more year out of James Harden, you know, a, a ride off into the sunset, so to speak. Uh, I was kind of championing that cause for a little while thinking, you know, maybe if a few things go right, you know, maybe he gets bought in in the early part of the season, they hit the ground running, you know, go off to a seven and three, eight and two kind of start something like that. Right. Um, you know, somewhere along those lines. And then slowly that just, it just dismantled, you know, we had the, uh, the partying in Vegas, we had, not showing up for training camp. We had the COVID protocols dismantling the Rockets roster to start the season. Just one thing after another piling onto an already gloomy situation where you're not figuring, you have no idea what's going to happen with James Harden and all the players. You know, you've got the, the different press interviews and the players are sick and tired of it. Silas is tired of it. And it all just culminates in what was obviously the, the you know, infamous moment of, you know, the situation is crazy. I don't think it'd be, it can be fixed. Thanks. And then that was that. And that was the moment where you knew, okay, he's gone. Like there's, there's no coming back from that. That was as close as you could get to saying, trade me without saying trade me and violating the rules. So then he was traded the next day. And then we were, we were officially done with the, with the James Harden era. And it was like the bandaid had finally been ripped off. And for some, it was a sombering moment where you're just like, oh, wow, it's, it, it happened. And again, you'd been processing it for so long, you know, the, the months leading up to that moment, uh, the weeks, the days, the constant speculation, the national media narratives behind it. It was relieving to just finally have it over with. But now sitting in a 12 game hole, um, you know, obviously you, you look back on some of those memories and you think fondly to the days where you could at least hope that maybe he would remain a Houston Rocket. But um, I think ultimately Harden's mind and heart were, sell, were set elsewhere and he was hell bent on his decision to leave. I don't agree with how he left, but I understand why he left. Definitely. So before I ask Roosh that same question, how do you feel about the return on? March 2nd, 2021, is that the return you would have hoped for? I know you're not going to, this trade isn't going to be final graded for years with all the picks they got back. So that's the crazy thing, but you're going to keep having these checkpoints along the way. And this is just one of them here. So not going to be the end of the world where you're at with this, but thinking about where Ben Simmons is today, thinking about, how Tyler Hero has progressed down in Miami. Is this the return um, you can stand behind and be okay with for now? I think that you really hit the nail on the head by the fact that we really aren't going to be able to evaluate this trade until all the picks convey or they don't convey or, you know, whether they're, they're packaged in some sort of a deal to, to net the next star that's going to be in a Rockets jersey. That's, that's very true. We can't fully evaluate what transpired, but given the information at hand at the time, the urgency that they did need to move on from James Harden after his uh, press conference interview, all of that. I, I believe firmly that all those deals were, were on the table. We've heard reports that Ben Simmons was on the table, that there was maybe some hangups, you know, surrounding draft picks, that kind of thing. Ultimately, I like the return that they got for Harden. I think 
Rafael Stone made the best of a really horrendous situation to try and set the franchise up as best as he possibly could to rebound from losing a franchise player, from losing a once in a generational talent like James Harden. You know, you're never going to properly rebound from losing a guy like James Harden, but you can set yourself up as best as humanly possible. And I think Rafael Stone did just that. How about you, Rich? Well, I mean, I had been, I've been very vocally against Ben Simmons. Um, he's been on a tear lately, but even with him being on a tear, his numbers have only risen to basically mirror the rest of his career, meaning, <laughs> meaning my criticisms stand of him. And, and my criticisms, criticisms are that offensively, he's just got a ceiling, man. He's not, I don't think he's ever going to have a reliable jump shot. So you're always going to have to work around that. And to further that point, Philly is, are they still number one in the East as we speak right now? Yes, correct. So Philly is number By one. half a game. Half a go. game. Philly's number one in the East, um, but it has not, not, it has a lot to do with Ben Simmons, but it has nothing to do with Ben <laughs> Simmons being a different player, right? It has more so to do with the fact that Ben Simmons is the same player and the people around him have either improved or changed, right? Joel Embiid is playing absolute MVP basketball, playing out of his mind. Um, and that is not a byproduct of anything Ben Simmons is doing. It's just Joel Embiid is shooting much better. He's playing much better. He's more durable. He's focused. He's locked in. All of that stuff. And then on the flip side of that, Daryl Morey came to town and finally pulled a couple strings that you know any non-Philly fans could see, or any Philly fan even could see, needed to be pulled, which was add some shooting around those guys. You got Ben Simmons. He can't shoot. Get him some shooters. So what did he do? He got one of the best 3 and D guys uh, of the modern NBA era as much crap as Danny Green gets he wins titles right he's a good freaking player he might not shoot the best percentages but he's just one of those guys that knows what the hell he's doing hits some big shots for the most part and plays good defense and then they also made the Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trade which I thought was a great trade and it's paying dividends so you know and they got uh you know you get another year of Shake Milton you get Maxi like they've just got more pieces so Ben Simmons is the same player so there are times where I'm thinking man maybe Ben Simmons would have been nice but I guess it's a question of, do you want to be, you know, a prisoner of the moment and just trying to, you know, anything looks better than losing 12 in a row, right? Or are you willing to kind of wait it out for a couple of years and see how this plays out? And I'm in the latter camp. Now, the Miami package is, look, is looking kind of enticing. Uh, Tyler Hero would have been on a rookie deal. Uh, so you're not committing big money to him. All the other, same with Duncan, Duncan Robinson on a, on a small deal. Hendrick the- Nunn's balling right now. Kendrick Nunn's balling. You'd get Iguodala's deal that you have to live with, but you could either make use of it, flip it, buy him out, do something with it. Um, so that package is um, kind of missing that package because we have no shooting. And Arrow and Robinson immediately at least mean buckets are going in because they can shoot. And for the, for the present, you know, it's watchable basketball, and then you still have flexibility for the future depending on how many draft picks you were going to get. That being said, I'm still okay with this deal. <clears throat> You're, you got the draft picks you wanted. You got the pick swaps you wanted. You'll probably get something for Oladipo. Um, and then, in addition to that, you still got Christian Wood. You still got John Wall. You still have a lot of flexibility um, and, and moves you can make. So I'm going to wait it out uh, and see. You know, So that, that's kind of where I stand. So are you guys down to hang on to John Wall and Oladipo here? Because I, I'm in the camp of let's blow this thing up right now and go completely young. Let's build this thing around Christian Wood and let it fly. Absolutely. I mean, so I'm at this point where, and I've been here for a while now, I don't see 
Oladipo in the Rockets' future. It just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, the, the timeline needs to be centered and focused around Christian Wood. And, you know, does he still have a really high ceiling? Does he have room to grow? Can he conceivably maybe one day be the franchise best player? Um, possibly. You know, he's already shown that in this in this short stint uh, that he's played so far, he's going to be at, at the worst a really great second option on a, on a future contender somewhere, whether that's in Houston, hopefully it's in Houston, but he's only on a three-year deal. And depending on what direction this franchise goes over these next three years, he could up and leave after those three years, unfortunately. So the Rockets do have the, the clock kind of ticking on what they can reasonably build around Christian Wood. So I think that he's there. I, I think that John Wall is there just because maybe, you know, moving on from that monster contract of John Wall might be pretty difficult, but I'm not going to say it's impossible, right? People thought that moving on from Chris Paul's contract was going to be impossible, that it was an albatross. And then look what happened there. The Rockets obviously unloaded the draft capital and brought back Russell Westbrook. So maybe a, maybe a bad comparison of how to do it, but no contract is immovable in today's NBA. You can move it if you need to. Right. Uh, the question is, can you move it and get something of value back to continue progressing the way that you need to, which is is like you said to get younger that is my goal for this team that is my vision for this Rockets team get younger play faster be more exciting let the young guys spread their wings the remainder the remaining half of the season let KPJ take off let KJ Martin get reps let Jay Sean Tate get back to the starting lineup I don't know why they benched in these last two games that's been frustrating in favor of starting PJ Tucker who's played some of the most abysmal basketball of his career this season so all of that I'm I'm absolutely in favor of moving on from these veterans clinging to some semblance of being competitive in the here and now, because they're just not going to be that great. Even if they had everybody 100% healthy, they'd be, you know, a, a middling playoff team. So re hit the reset button, get younger and, and see what the ceiling is with Christian Wood. Let me also add, yeah, I'm all for bring on the El Paso, the El, El Pueblo Rockets. Let's see it. <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr. All day. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I forgot to mention KPJ. So what I wanted to say to add on to my analysis is what's missing from the trade from the trade is like the piece, right? Uh, the, the building block piece or the Ben Simmons piece, whatever you want to call it, um, which Oladipo is supposed to be. And if you extend him, then theoretically he is, which it looks I agree with Jackson. I, you know, Vic is a good player. Got a lot of love for him. I don't want to commit big money to him unless there's a team option on the second year that gives the Rockets flexibility or something like that. And he's not going to accept that. So I don't think it's going to work out. So whatever return you get for Oladipo, you add on to the Nets picks and the Nets pick swaps. And then you add Kevin Porter Jr., who is the young piece, right? If you have Kevin Porter Jr., um, you have like a future to look forward to. You have a guy that might be a superstar in the making or at least a star in the making. He's been tearing the G League up, and you know I don't want to make too much of anyone tearing the G League up, but from what I have seen, and I haven't watched the games live, I've been going back and, and watching retroactively and just kind of watching highlights and, and plays just to kind of get an idea. But all the tools are there, man. He's not just putting up empty stats in the G League. He's like, he's balling out. And it's, I think it's also serving him well to you know, recalibrate mentally um, and kind of just get himself focused again. He's only 20, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think he turns 21 correct. 20. in a couple months. So, so that matters a lot. Had the Rockets not gotten Kevin Porter Jr., things look a lot bleaker, in my opinion, and it looks like they might have misstepped with the trade, depending on what happens with the picks and the pick swaps and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
if you, so, yeah. and it, Roosh, if you, if you put your tinfoil hat on for a moment too, and kind of look back retroactively at the Harden deal, the fact that the Rockets did send uh, Jared Allen, and obviously they had to attach Torian Prince to that to that package as well to the Cavaliers. Maybe that was a bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, we know that KPJ is causing some locker room problems. We know that you guys are probably going to get rid of him a little bit further down the line. Maybe Rafael Stone knew something back then when orchestrating that deal. And maybe that's why the Rockets got KPJ for literally like almost nothing, right? A top 55 protected second round pick that will largely never convey. They got him for nothing. So I agree with you. I think that there's a very legitimate possibility that there was some type of back channel communication that did not factor into the trade. I don't even know if that's legal within the rules or whatever, but it it would make sense. Yeah. Tampering, right. It would make sense because we heard of like KPJ became available. We heard of no suitors. We heard no rumors. He just got traded to the Rockets for a worthless pick. Now, the funny part is that pick might convey if the Rockets keep losing. So, but even if it does, who cares, man? I'll give you the 56 pick, 57 pick, whatever for Kevin Porter Jr. So that's a big piece of the trade. Um, If Rafael Stone knew that ahead of time, it's even more baller, um, in my opinion, and and it completes the trade. Kevin Porter Jr., Victor Oladipo. Four draft picks, four pick swaps, and then you might get even more in return for Victor Oladipo. I mean, that's pretty damn good. I can't really complain about that. The referendum almost has to be on the teams that didn't <clears throat> jump at Harden. Like, I'm sorry, like just to throw that tidbit in there, right? The Miami oh, Heat who are sitting there thinking, oh, we maybe don't want to give up Tyler Harrow. For, it's like, are you out of your mind? Like, this man is is playing like the best player in the NBA right now for the Brooklyn Nets, and Heat fans... Uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans, anybody, any of those teams, you know, the, the couple other ones that were maybe in the running, you know, that didn't quite make the headlines like those other two, you know, any team that had a shot, a reasonable shot at, at you know, setting up a trade package for James Harden and didn't do it has to be like kicking 100. themselves repeatedly right now. No, absolutely, man. Like any and everybody that could have even just pulled a Toronto Raptors for one season, like the Denver Nuggets are one that really come to mind. Like, Anybody that had any sort of picks, assets that with a hardened trade gets you into that tier one contention, like just idiotic because he is blowing it out of the water right now. Uh, before we go into that, I guess, would you guys just take anything for Victor Oladipo or what's the little smallest package you'd take for Victor? I think the Victor Oladipo situation is interesting because they don't necessarily have to get something back for him. They could conceivably just let him expire and let him walk this off season and then have that extra cap space. Because if you let like, let's pretend for a second, they can't find a package for Oladipo. They can't find one for Tucker, whatever. They let both those guys, both those guys walk this off season without even making any other major moves. They can have about 20, I think it was 25, 26 million in cap space. The last time I crunched the numbers and throw that at a guy like a John Collins type or something, right. Without having to make a trade for Collins at the deadline, maybe they can't, you know, see eye to eye with the Hawks. They can't find that, that perfect permutation that works for both sides. And they're not willing to, you know, fork over some of that recoup draft capital from the Nets trade to acquire John Collins. Maybe they just say, screw it. We'll just go out and get him this summer. They don't have to get get something back for Oladipo. But I do agree with what Roosh pointed out earlier is that 
very similarly to kind of like the uh, the the Clint Capella into Robert Covington into Christian Wood trade, you have to you have to follow the string all the way back to where it started, and so we can't fully evaluate that Harden trade until we see exactly what they do or don't do in this case with Victor Oladipo. If getting Victor Oladipo back and then him expiring allows them to sign that next big time you know young exciting free agent, then you count that as part of the Harden trade, as an orchestrated plan by Rafael Stone to have that flexibility to either A, trade Oladipo, or B, let him expire. And I'll just say lastly, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, pretty, pretty strong building blocks to, to begin with. Jay Sean Tate, a nice like fringe piece. Not fringe piece, but you know he's not a superstar, but he's a good player to have. Also a young building block. Veteran like John Wall that you can maybe flip for more. Or you add, I mean, things... Break the right way, you get the right trade, get that one big guy, and all of a sudden you have a good team. So we'll see. I'm going to be that negative, Nancy, real quick. Who has a worse team, worse future on paper than the Houston Rockets right now? Go. Not including picks. Not including picks. Not including picks. Okay. Um, Man. Okay. So, so if we're, I mean, if we're doing not including picks, then. I mean, okay. How, let's start with Sacramento. Would you rather have Sacramento's team? Hey, uh, hey, Minnesota. <laughs> bullshit! Bullshit! What are you, you, you going to do? You going to be twelfth with Cat and D'Lo? Like, what are you going to do? You're kidding me. You'd rather you'd rather have Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate and Kevin I'd, Porter I'd, Jr. than Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Jaden McDaniels, Cat. I'd I mean, say the you, Pistons for sure, like right out, right out of the gate. If we're going anywhere, I'd say Pistons guaranteed. Because, I mean, I don't know what the hell they tried to accomplish this last offseason. Letting Christian Wood walk away. Like, just they gave up Christian Wood. They they signed Plum. Like, just w- what were they doing? And and Jeremy Grant is, you know, sure he's balling out. But, like, they, they've still got, you know, question marks around Blake Griffin. Like, what all is going on in Detroit? So I actually don't mind them. I am a big Jeremy Grant guy. Sadiq Bey is awesome. I believe in Killian Hayes yet. However, uh, Christian Woods probably got a way better future than Jeremy Grant. I'm definitely okay. going to take Christian Woods upside over Jeremy Grant. But depth-wise, uh, Detroit's got an argument. I don't think it's like a guarantee. I'm but taking. that stuff changes so fast. The depth cha- that, that I'm just talking so right fast. now on today on paper. Well, to, to elaborate, Cat, uh, and, and I want to get into – Harden playing on the Nets. Don't forget Jackson. It. Tell him you're Sorry, taking you, the Timberwolves are you, roster are right you, now. Are you, are, you, are you circling this back to the T Wolves already? We were talking Detroit Pistons. Why yeah. are you trying to get this T Wolves well, slander off? No, because he because he, he asked me would I rather have Christian Wood or Cat. I'm saying Cat's going to be disgruntled, and I think Cat's I'm okay if you take Christian Wood over Cat. I really am. I might personally take Christian Wood over Cat just because Christian Wood's a way better defender, and I believe he's got some dog in him. Cat's soft, man. Yeah, Cat's, I mean, look, way, Cat's way better right now. Don't get me wrong. But upside-wise, when it's all said and done, their careers, it might be closer than people think. And I'm going to get shamed by this in Minnesota. I'm taking Christian Wood over Cat. I'm taking John Wall over D'Lo. I'm taking <laughs> Jay Sean Tate. And I'm taking – what, you laugh at John Wall over D'Lo? Anthony dude? Edwards, dude. And, I, and I'm taking KPJ I'm taking over D'Lo over John Wall, for sure. You can have that. So uh, – <laughs> Jackson, I'm trying. Try, I look. I'm trying. I need an answer. I, I'm. I'm really trying to set aside the Homer in me. But when you look at the ceilings, and that's yeah. what I'm looking at, right? You're talking about the brightest possible future. 
KPJ's got so much talent, man. It's there. And that's why it's but so ahead, wild. Dude, this game, game is so mental, man. And 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 that's and that's the crazy thing, right? Is it could just it could be a bust. It could be nothing. Right. You know, maybe he never never exactly. totally pans out. Maybe he doesn't even become a rotation player in the NBA, right? There's so many guys over the the decades of NBA basketball who have had ridiculous levels of talent who just haven't been able to translate it into on-court success. Maybe KPJ is just the next in a long line of that group of guys, but right now his ceiling is sky high. And you pair that with Christian Wood, who still has more room to grow and still has a very He's high taking the Rockets. Zone. I know it. I'm taking the Rockets. Good. Like, oh my I'm sorry, God, you I'm guys. taking the Rockets. I'm taking the Rockets over but the T-Wolves. Let me All right, we're you. moving on. Me, Next team. Real quick, last thought. He's meant, there's Good, a mental aspect fun. to it. He's 20. He's 20. He's 20. Dude, this game is... I've talked to any player. They say this is 80% mental. This... A lot of guys got the physical tools, man. I know, and he's twenty, it, so he's gonna—he's—he's he's got a he's long. He's gonna way mess to go. up, but I mean, that was a pretty he's big mess long, up, man. He's got a long way to go mentally. He's still twenty, man. Come on, if, if people judge me at age twenty, you know what I mean. So, if you're taking them over Minnesota, are you taking them over Memphis? Are you taking them over San Antonio? How how far are we going here? With- I would take no. I take I take Memphis over Thank Rockets you. right now. But I'm also very high on John Morant. I think he is. I think John Morant. Let me put this on the record right now. I think John Morant is more exciting than Zion, and I think John Morant should be getting more nationally televised games than Zion does. I think I that at, at the end of the day, like when when, when we're when we're looking back 10, 12 years from now. I am putting this on the record right now on the Noble and Roof show that Z- that uh, John ja- ja Morant will have a better overall career than Zion Williamson. I can accept that. that. Right I'm still taking Zion. Zach, you're going to need some Velcro, brother, because you're tripping. Uh, San Antonio <clears throat> is four games over 500. They are sixth in the West. And I'm just throwing some teams out there Mem- that are hold close. Up, hold up, Memphis is one game above 500. They're currently probably what they're they're right behind Golden State, missing the playoffs. You know who's four games? who's actually five games behind the Houston Rockets in the standings. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. James Harden's returning to Houston tomorrow night. That's, what, that's why we brought Jackson Gatlin on. And we haven't yet to discuss how we think he's going to perform and what we think is going to happen tomorrow. So, Jackson, James Harden comes back tomorrow. What are you expecting? What do you think is going to go down? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer this, but I'm going to throw it out there because we should address it because we didn't do it on Locked on Rockets. we got to talk about the jersey retirement thing, too. Um, just no, just that, that's I think that's misconstrued. I think that's misconstrued. I don't think they're actually going to retire it tomorrow. I think they're just oh, no, saying, no, that just but, but I mean, maybe maybe we bring that up as a topic a little bit later on. That's all my point. Because, First game because back, that, they that, that caused a lot of a lot of stuff. No, they're not, they're not retiring it, you know, the no, that's not happening. They just they they plan it to retire be, it. It should be retired if you think it shouldn't be retired. You don't watch basketball. I mean, I don't, all right, there's, there's really no we're, discussion we're a, we had. there. We're in agreement there. All right, good. We addressed it, but we didn't even mention it on Locked on Rock. It's because I was giving you a damn therapy session. So anyways, uh, had you, you know, anyways, whatever. Let's get into the end of the game. James Harden has hung 40 on every team in the association, except for the Houston Rockets, Mm. who he's only hung 23 points on. And he did that as a member of Oklahoma City Thunder. And you think he knows that? I wonder i genuinely think there's got to be somebody like in his camp in his inner circle who like sees the graphic like on social media or whatever and is like dude you gotta go hang 40 on the rockets like at a minimum he's got to hang 40 on them so that he can complete his scoring circuit so i think he's gonna come in with a like not like a vengeance because that's not like again the rockets the rockets didn't wrong him 
They did right by him, and he still has love for this city that he called home for eight years, right? He's he's helped out during Winter Storm Yuri. He's donating money. He called Houston home in multiple interviews, you know, and, and so I, I firmly believe he's got nothing but love for the city of Houston and for the fans who still accept him, who haven't, you know, completely turned heel on him. But absolutely, he's a, he's a competitor, first and foremost. He is going to walk into Toyota Center like he owns the place, and he is going to own the place. I think he hangs 40 easily. I am what I'm worried. And here's what I pitched on Twitter. I wonder if he goes for a career high tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. like actually like the emotions surrounding all of it, just the situation. And then how just down bad will Rockets fans be? If James Harden's new career high is against the Rockets, <laughs> that would be like, so he's got to hang 62 plus for a new career high. That would be unreal. I don't see that happening at all. Um, having watched Do him, you even see the forty plus, possibly. But having watched him, I think that, he's that be- wall of defense, though. Oh, too bad, Boogie's Victor, not here. Victor so. might bring back defensive player of the year type defense from three years ago. I don't know. Too bad Boogie's not here to uh, up that Annie. But no, I mean, look, having watched him in these types of like high pressure situations when there's like a lot of a lot of eyes on him, expecting certain things of him. He tries to take that nonchalant approach and facilitate. I think he's going to do that. And his usage is so, so down that I think he's just going to, you know, make the game come to him. You know, in clutch moments, he doesn't force things. When, when there's high pressure situation, situations, he doesn't force things. He just kind of does what he's always done, take the step backs, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I expect the same. I think he's going to come, go, go through the motions, not meaning he's lacking effort, but he's going to run the plays. He's going to play basketball. I don't think he's going to come out with intent to kill and intent to snipe. I think he might even feel a little shy. And if you remember, anytime the Rockets would play the Thunder after the trade, he would get creamed. He had he had a lot of difficulty going back to Oklahoma City. Um, and I think that his attachment to Houston is much more you know sincere. So I think that's going to get to him a little bit. I think he's going to come out and get eight steals, three blocks, and go for a career high in assists. I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to show him the, the new James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> except the same one from two or three years ago that everybody forgot about already that, that no not that everybody forgot about that that nobody ever watched to begin with is the oh. problem and you know that oh, that people are only just now meeting uh as he's 31 years old you know starting what his what year is this 12th year in the nba i think that's so right. it's just you know, and that, that's, you know, we, we detailed that thoroughly with, again, guys like Alan Hahn, who haven't appreciated James Harden uh, up to this point in his career, but it, it's going to be emotionally charged. And sure, you know, John Wall, uh, obviously Boogie, I think uh, Roosh already mentioned it. Boogie's not here to set a few hard screens against James Harden in the game, unfortunately. Uh, but John Wall is going to be up for the task. You know, I, I guarantee you that when they match up, John Wall is going to be checking James Harden all game, like guaranteed he, because he's a competitor. And he wants to, he wants, you know, he, he, he's ready for the smoke, basically. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's going to come out and put, a dud, put up a dud. I just, I'm expecting like, you know, 28, 11, that kind of game. I don't he, think he's, he's going to go He's unbearable. also that kind of guy that when you write, like, think about all the times when like somebody's like poked the bear, right? Because you're right. James Harden is that kind of guy. He lets the game kind of come to him. He, he plays within, you know, kind of within himself, not reserved, but, you know, again, letting the game come to him a lot of times until he really feels the need to have that, that alpha moment where he takes over, he strikes, you know, in a game where he sees, you know, his teammates aren't hitting shots. So he takes over, but there have been, moments over the years where he, you know, you poke the bear, you get in his face a little bit, you piss him off. And I think that John Wall is going to inadvertently do that. 
right? John Wall still feels some kind of way about James Harden, right? People who want to be here, that kind of thing. So if John Wall is checking James Harden all game, really getting inside his jersey, get you know, really you know, frustrating him. I'm not saying John Wall is going to stop James Harden, but I think Harden's a competitor and he's going to want to go back at John Wall depending on how that dynamic looks on the court. So honestly, I think it's as simple as this: the Nets are going to blow the Rockets out. And Harden's not going to need to drop 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever the, the number is. So he's not going to. They're just going to win without, without, you know, with him on relatively in neutral. Like I yeah, said, 28-11, tw- something like that. I think I know where Roosh lies on this, but where are your thoughts with how quickly Harden's acclimated and how well him and Kyrie fit together and just how well he's playing in Brooklyn? Does this surprise you? Um, cause honestly, it's exactly how I'd envisioned it. I think it's just fitting seamlessly and doesn't surprise me one minute. It doesn't surprise me at all in the slightest. You put James Harden on the court with any other tight with, with, with shooting, you just put him out there with any squad, right? He's, he is a walking 50 win team. And we've seen that for the last eight years in Houston. So now you're put, you're pairing him up with again guys like Kyrie, KD. You're getting him some, you know, some savvy veterans, some savvy role players. Jeff Green's. You give him some shooting in Joe Harris. Like it's, it's no anybody who has watched James Harden with any regularity knew that this was going to work out. Obviously, there's questions about the defense for the Nets and you know stuff like that, but. With, it, with, with this caliber of talent around him, that's the thing. It's Harden has never had this level of talent. He just hasn't. And so, of course, you, get, you give him even just one of, of Kyrie or KD and you see what happens, right? He hasn't even had them both you know, with any level of consistency yet. So once, they're, once everything's back to normal for them and they've got them, you know, the, that trio every single night, they're, just, they're burning through the league already and they're going to continue to do that. Yeah, I think uh, Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris is a way better fit than Chris Paul and whoever else you put with James Harden that was in Houston. I just think it's just showing up immediately. The returns on that pairing in general. Well, because Harden, Harden, so I'm just to, just to re up on that. It's just because Harden's a chameleon. You know, you put him with anybody. If he needs to be a primary scorer, he did that with Chris Paul, right? He, he turned into that alpha dog, 30 plus points per game, primary scorer, let Chris Paul kind of facilitate a little bit more. Now yeah. with Kyrie, he's the point guard and he facilitates all day for Kyrie and for the rest of that team, because he's finally got guys around him that can actually score the ball. And he doesn't have to be the dude doing the heavy lifting all game. Yeah. I was just going to say, you saw the returns with Chris Paul immediately as well. I mean, so. And that's who James Harden is. You give him a guard that can score and that doesn't need him. You know, someone who's been there, done that, that can carry a team. You're going to win. I think him and Kyrie without KD go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, ooh, I love it. I'm not with the team they got now. I think it it can happen, but I'm not guaranteeing that. I mean, if KD plays, I think they're the best team in the league. I really do. Uh, but with Without KD, Eastern Conference Finals, I think it, Miami, I think Toronto, I think there's a couple teams that give them some run. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm just saying they're okay. that good. There, there's a parallel there, and I'm just going to throw it in really quick, is if you were to airdrop this version right now of Kyrie Irving onto that 2017-18 team for the Rockets, all those defensive guys around them, the, that, yeah. that exact squad that won 65 wins, I think they're even more talented. Because Thank Kyrie you. would be a, a, a better fit because then you see James Harden go back to that, you know, 11, 12, 13 assists a night, less, you know, scoring workload, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that maybe if you do take KD away from this team, yeah, they, they don't have the other role players, defensive parts to step up. But if you were to put Kyrie on that team, 
and get you basically just have a team built around Kyrie Harden and then three and D guys, that team's going to the finals easily. So yeah, no, go for it. Last thing last I was going to say, gonna say is Brooklyn was a bottom five defense before Harden got there. They've been a top 12 defense since the trade. And that just goes to show you how much offense can improve defense, by the way. <laughs> but um, okay, Harden comes to Houston tomorrow night. Final thoughts. I think everyone listening to this knows how I feel. So Give me Zach, your stat line. I need a stat line. Stat line, Harden, 28 points, 12 dimes, six rebounds. <sighs> I'll go 38. 38 or 30? 30, and then 8. 38, 13, 9 boards, 4 steals, Whew. 1 by. Not happening. 41 points, 11 assists, 7 boards, a block, and 2 steals. Boom. And six, on that six note, turnovers. And on that note, we will end it. Jackson. Thank you for spending your time with us. We appreciate it. Look out for Jackson's podcast, Locked on Rockets. He's also a a contributor with Apollo Houston, all things Houston Rockets. Follow Jackson Gatlin. Jackson, tell them where they can follow you before this link expires and we get out of here. At JT Gatlin and at Locked on Rockets on Twitter. Boom, boom. Rate, review, subscribe. Go Rockets, unfortunately. And sit.